It doesn't matter if you love crafts, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs, another edition of our podcast. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and Bill Downs. We've got a couple guests as well. Just six days of racing remaining at Emerald Downs for 2023. And three weekends of Saturday and Sunday upcoming, starting with Saturday, September 2nd, Sunday, September 3rd. No racing on Friday night. September 1st. We're done with Friday. So that's the weekend schedule. 5 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday at 2 p.m. Sunday is Italian Day. We're going to have Italian dancers, Italian music, Italian food and beverage specials, and a pizza eating contest sponsored by Sorelli Pizza of Mount Lake Terrace. Really good pizza. Kelly Dugan's place out there. Kelly Dugan's one of our guests today on Horse Racing Northwest, along with Keith Swaggerty, who is the breeder of Mike Mann's Gold and, of course, the owner of him for several years. And Mike Mann's Gold, there's some great news on him. Not, No, he's not returning to racing, but uh, some good news. And we'll come up with that in segment number two. Uh, hey, so Saturday, Sunday, live racing schedule for the next three weeks. We will be open for full card sim simulcasting on Monday, Labor Day, which is a pretty big day of racing around the country. And we're also, of course, open seven days a week for full card simulcasting. So uh, this is a pretty big weekend nationally with the Pacific Classic and the Jockey Club Gold Cup on Saturday. So uh, live racing at five, but fellas, uh, some good racing in the afternoon and early evening on uh, Saturday, Bill. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Pacific Classic, so I guess we'll go over that one first. And, you know, the three-year-olds are uh, the favorites in the Pacific Classic. Go Rocket Ride drew the inside post for uh, Richard Mandela, winner of the Haskell Stakes. He just seems to be getting better and better with each and every start. He would be my pick. Arabian Night for Baffert uh, finished third behind Go Rocket Ride in the Haskell. Uh, gets to run in California for the first time, which is unusual for a Baffert, Baffert horse. Got a lot of speed, does uh, Arabian Night, um, you know, but it doesn't look like it'll be an easy pace. Defunded yeah, certainly will add plenty of pace. And a long shot, another three-year-old in there, uh, Skinner, yeah, who finished second in the Los Al Derby. Finished ahead of uh, Prince Abu Dhabi, which is an Emerald Downs connection since he won uh, the Muckleshoot Derby here. But uh, Skinner will be facing a lot tougher in that race. But he had some, you know, promise as a as a three year old. He was, you know, he won a maiden race and third in the San Felipe, third in the Santa Anita Derby. Almost pulled the upset in the Santa Anita Derby. Went on the shelf for a few months and then came back and and finished second. And he likes to come from off the pace. And it really wasn't like a a huge early pace in that Los Al Derby. So uh, Skinner, if if things start to cook on the front end with Defunded and Arabian Night, maybe he would be an interesting long shot. But uh, my pick would probably be Go Rocket Ride, but I would certainly be using Skinner uh, at, at a price in the Pacific Classic. Skinner, yeah, 10 to 1, I see. He's a non-winner at two, but you talked about his career. I think he's pretty promising. And nationally, the three-year-olds uh, seem to be a lot more prominent, better, might I say, than the older horses in 2023. Uh, Vince, you got any comment on that? Well, I think we, we saw it in, uh, of course, Travers is a three-year-old race, but Archangelo, uh, just yeah. a superb performance. And that horse continues to get better with every start. And uh, I got to think he's a factor in the Breeders' Cup Classic, the way he's going right now. And uh, yeah, there's been some good depth in the uh, three-year-old division this year. And Bill, you mentioned Go Rocket Ride. 
that horse looks like he's got a tremendous amount of talent. Oh yeah, I mean, I was, you know, the, his price in the Haskell too went up like a twelve to one, and uh, you, you know, you, in retrospect, when Mandela ships across country uh, for such a, a prestigious race, uh, it's always uh, always good news. It seems like and go rocket ride. Uh, you know, he won the affirmed handicap rather easily, even though it wasn't a big speed figure. You can always just watch the race sometimes and just see how they how they performed. And he got the the chance to perform on a big stage in the Haskell, and everyone knows about him now. And we'll probably still be talking about him after uh, after this weekend. So that's the Pacific Classic, and then the Jockey Cl- uh, Club Gold Cup. Grade one race a million dollars, and uh, you know, not coming up the the the, the strongest uh, right. field in the world. You know, uh, you know, Rattle and Roll is a very very nice horse, winner of almost one point seven million dollars. Almost won the Stephen Foster uh, last time out. Won uh, a couple of Grade threes, Plimlico Special, uh, Ben Alley, Blame Stakes, all graded stakes races. Um, but you know, you always feel like you could, you know, if you run your race, you have a, a chance to beat a horse like rattle and roll, but who do you do it with? You know, proxies in the race as well for Michael Stidham. But the one that kind of interests me a little bit is on the outside bright future from the Pletcher barn, uh, just has, he's a, a late blooming four-year-old and, you know, he, he just, he's starting to come into his own. He won an allowance race last time out over the Saratoga surface, which I always like to see at a mile and an eighth. This is a mile and a quarter race, uh, has some tactical speed, not a, a burner by any means. And, uh, so bright future is probably the one six to one in the line. I, you know, I have nothing to argue. If you like rattle and roll in that race, the nine to five favorite, I think we might take a little bit more money than that. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think he will take a little bit more money. I'm, I'm, Proxy's a strong second choice in the morning line, but uh, in the Stephen Foster, Rat on Roll was uh, superior than Roxy, even though uh, Pro- Proxy had a little bit of uh, uh, traffic in that race. But uh, those are the two favorites. But Bright Future, I thought, o- offered a good alternative. Uh, probably be the horse I'd be looking at in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Six to one there. And I did was listening to a podcast yesterday this is the first time ever there's been three three-year-olds in the Pacific Classic. So there's a move forward for the three-year-olds. And we know in the East Coast, uh, they're pretty dominant. It's uh, surprising because even though you're doing it, you're having to go against older horses. But out at Delmar, they really don't have a, a signature race for the three-year-olds. Yeah, the grass series. The, the grass uh, series, sure. But, you know, for the dirt horses, no. And, right. and, and you know, that's why... Mandela had to send to go rocket ride. That's why Baffert sent Arabia night across the country for, uh, for the Haskell race. And it it is a little bit surprising here in that, but, uh, um, but uh, yeah, the three-year-olds are are all the ones that I'm kind of looking at uh, as we move forward. And as we get in the Breeders' Cup uh, prep season, if you will. Okay. Um, Hey, our fan appreciation day at Emerald Downs is going to be Sunday, September 10th. So a week before closing day, Sunday, September 10th, Fan Appreciation Day, and that's going to be free admission. There's going to be uh, a lot of other good stuff for fans as well on that day as far as food and beverage specials. So keep that in mind. We're going to have, I'm skipping back to this Sunday, September 3rd, Italian Day. We're going to have $5 Italian sodas, homemade calzones, and homemade ravioli. Lucky Luciano's food truck's going to be here as well on Sunday, Italian Day. And you can enter the pizza eating contest. Uh, It's kind of a first-come, first-served thing. So if you want to get some competitive eating going on with Sorelli's Pizza, Sorelli Pizza, keep that in mind. You can enter um, on track level there right around first race time. 2 p.m. All right. So 46 days in the book, six days remaining at Emerald Downs and another week last week. And it's all updated on the news and notes. Go to emeralddowns.com. Go over to the right there. Click on the uh, news and notes segment of our website. And Vince Brune has things updated. Vince, uh, what's noteworthy from there this week? Well, we'll go over our weekly honors, sure. which are on there from last week. Uh, 
races August 25th through 27th. The Bell Pack jockey, Jennifer Whitaker, she gets her 23rd career Emerald Down Stakes win on Rimrock Lake in the walk-up juvenile Colts and Geldings. The trainer, Vince Gibson, huge week. Four wins, including yeah. special diva in the Washington Cup juvenile fillies. The owner, Don Spillman, two for two last week. Up to six wins for the meet. She races horses with George Rosales. Uh, the Wabred of the Week, Rimrock Lake, uh, owned and bred by the Clemens View Farm. That's Gene and Jeff Harris over in Natchez. They've come up with some good ones that yes. they've owned and bred over the years. And Rimrock Lake, they look like they got a real good one here, possible for the Gottstein coming right back. And then our quarter shoot cafe groom, Estoba, excuse me, Estebo Rivera. He had a couple wins for trainer George Rosales. Very good. Okay, yeah, Rimrock Lake, huge win in the Washington Cup as uh, he was 5-1 to one on the line. What was his morning line there? 9-2. to two. Oh, you didn't and, miss that by too and much. And he paid almost 6-1, to one, 13.80. Yeah. And yeah. won by 7 and 3 quarter lengths. I think only Fast Parade in 2005 has a bigger winning margin in that race. And he, of course, was a great horse. Yeah, he has the fastest two-year-old time for six furlongs in Emerald Downs history. For did I say two-year-olds? Two-year-olds, I did say. And speaking of two-year-old stakes wins, uh, Doris Harwood still on top. She's our all-time leading stakes-winning trainer, 27. Frank Lucarelli's just one behind at 26. He's had a couple opportunities this year. And he may have another one or two in the Godstein coming up on closing day, September 17th. Howard Belvoir added that Rimrock Lake victory. He's in third place with 21 juvenile stakes wins all time at Emerald Downs. Of course, uh, so many great two-year-old Colts and Geldings that Howard Belvoir has developed and won with, and many of them Washington breads. Bud Klockstad, 18. Steve Bullock's in fifth place with 13 stakes wins for juveniles, one ahead of Tom Wenzel's 12. So there's a little couple of stats. Uh, Leading stakes jockey this year. Well, there's three of them tied with three. Carlos Montalvo has the best percentage, three out of eight. And how about six out of eight in the money in his stakes rides this year? Kevin Radke and Jose Zanino also have three stakes wins. Isaiah Enriquez, Alex Cruz, and Silvio Amador, two. And among trainers, Tom Wenzel's had a huge year. He didn't win the mile this year, but he does have five stakes wins from 14 starters and nine of 14 in the top three. Blaine Wright, uh, who has been our leading stakes trainer so many times in recent years, is second with three, followed by David Martinez, Charles Essex with two apiece. Three stakes to go. The Washington Cup, Philly or Mare, the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, and the Gottstein Futurity all on closing day. And uh, Alex Cruz, we've talked about him last few weeks. Uh, and he's now the leading rider, and he's looking to do something that nobody has done in state history at our major tracks. Right, Joe. He's out uh, by six, 59-53 over Louis Negron after trailing most of the year. Yeah. He just uh, kept plugging away, and he's up by uh, six now with six days to go. So don't want to put the hex on him, but yeah. that would be four straight for him. And that's never been done at any track in it Western hasn't. Washington. No, uh, Gary Bays, his first three years of riding at Long Acres, he won the title, 1973 to 75. Gary Boulanger did it in the late 80s, early 90s, and, and just one guy's done it here, Rocco Bowen, three straight, other than Alex Cruz. And it wasn't done at Playfair, uh, wasn't done at Yakima Meadows, four straight wins in a jockey titles race. And so. as far as the trainer's race go, Justin Evans... Bill, can we put a ring around him? We could have done that about uh, Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's got 39 and, and George Rosales 29, Blaine Wright 26. But yeah, Justin's had a little slower second half, but boy, he just had such a tremendous first half and just uh, amassed a, an, an insurmountable lead. And he's out by uh, 10 with six days to go. Yeah. And of course, he did win the turf paradise meet as well yeah someone asked has that ever been done before not sure Boy, when uh, turf paradise and emerald downs in yeah. the same year i don't i would guess not okay uh just a few wagering stats uh, last year we had a 52 52 day meeting we're having a 52 day meeting this year and i think it's going to be pretty darn similar next year too unless you know something does change that's a ways off but 
Uh, favorites are winning at just over 37% at this meeting. And of course, that was a lot higher in the first uh, six, eight weeks. Last year, 37.4, exactly the same. Second favorites, 23.1 this year, just 23.8 last year. Uh, favorites in the money were a little higher last year at 80%. It's 76 at this meeting. 10 to 1 winners is less. We have 6.6% 10 to 1 or greater winners. It was 9.4 last year. So we had quite a few more 10 to 1 winners last year. Odds on favorite winners uh, just under 50% each year, last year, this year. And the average $2 win was a little higher last year. And mostly, of course, that due to the more 10 to 1 winners. So some stats there on the wagering end of things. Hey, uh, we've got a couple guests today. We've got Keith Swaggerty and Kelly Dugan to talk with us. We'll do our sports charts, our selections, and our trivia as well in the third segment. So let's take a short break. We'll come back with Keith Swaggerty here on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. Muckleshoot. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. Mike Mansgold still in front. Music of my soul ducking about. And there, Clearer finally got a Bentley and World Venture. But Mike Mansgold's going just as well. Music of my soul trying to run about. And the leader is Mike Mansgold holding on. Mike Mansgold goes on to win a neck. Mike Mansgold, the all-time winningest horse in Emerald Downs history. 26 victories at this track. Five more than any other horse. And, of course, he was a multiple stakes winner as well. Won two straight juvenile stakes. He won the Washington Cup as an older horse. And he also had that thrilling win we just heard over Music of My Soul. In the 2013 Seattle Slough Handicap at Emerald Downs. What a great ride by Javier Matias. He got him to the lead and finished strongly, and his breeder and owner joins us here on Horse Racing Northwest, Keith Swaggerty. Keith, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe and Vince and Bill. Good to be here. Hey, thanks for coming on. That horse, uh, of course, he changed hands a lot older in his career, um, and you uh, followed his progress well because he kept winning and winning and winning through age 11, and became the all-time winningest horse. Uh, tell us a little bit about his history as you remember. Because uh, you he was probably raised right there on your farm, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was uh, bred right there on the farm and grew up there. And then in my backyard, uh, all my the babies were all born on the farm. And then after they're weaned, they came to the backyard of our house. We got to watch him for a full year just being uh, young rambunctious uh, horses doing crazy things and <laughs> he lived through all that which was exciting yeah and uh, a son of liberty gold and shadoodle was he a biter when he was young not really not I, really because i saw you uh, uh, i saw your technique in curing horses of biting <laughs> you're right that Keith, may that may have helped a little Keith bit is a no, big... I, I just I, I don't like my horses biting yeah so a, a good uh stiff jab to the jaw when they're in the process of biting uh usually cures that yeah but he 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 had some interesting quirks and some bad luck in his life and if he hadn't had these quirks and bad luck he might have really been a, a runner well yeah uh, i mean he, he had a lot of starts <laughs> Pretty close to 60 over all those seasons. And again, an outstanding juvenile and a stakes winner at three and again later. Um, but uh, just a pleasure to watch. Uh, of course, Joe Toy. The, Go ahead, Keith. Yeah. Well, some of the things you might not know about the horse, he would not run in the rain. Hmm. If it, if it, He didn't care about the, the uh, sloppy track. 
he just did not like <laughs> rain hitting his face. And he would be the first one. He demanded to be the first one to be worked out in the morning. So David, our trainer, had to take him out first. But as you know, in the backside, those tin roofs, if it's raining, everyone knows it. And the horse knows it. And instead of being up ready to go, being the first one out, he was curled up in the corner of the stall saying, I'm not going out today. <laughs> and he just kind of had to go along with him there. So it always made it as the owner and and the weather at Emerald Downs, you're wondering, oh, is it going to rain? Don't let it rain. You know, don't start now. Or, or please stop <laughs> before it rains. So that was always one of the little you know, exciting things. Yeah, Keith, looking that up on him, in on wet tracks, he three starts without hitting the board. Synthetic, two starts uh, with only one second. And on turf, 0 for 6 without hitting the board. So if you take away his record on wet, synthetic, and turf, and just go dirt fast tracks, he was 75 starts with 26 wins, 7 places, and 8 thirds. What a sensational record, 26 for 75 on dirt. Well, then, then what if you take away all his races outside of Emerald Downs? He yeah, never yeah, won outside yeah. of Emerald Downs. Yeah, we've heard that, uh, you know, horses have quirks like that. I know Larry Ross had a, had a mare that uh, she wouldn't even go up the ramp to the track in Phoenix, and yet she was a stakes winner here. Um, right. And it, it it does come up now and then, but uh, I think Mike Mansgold deserved the, the extra treatment he got, uh, you know, when a horse is a stakes winner, double stakes winner at two. Um, yeah, they get a little extra consideration on their quirks, and rightly yeah. so. But, and the other little quirk he had when he was young, he would only ride for Javier Matias. Mm. He would not ride for anyone else. Hmm. And he, and this would, this, I'll call it a quirk and then bad luck when, you know, he had uh, a successful uh, juvenile year and he had another bad piece of luck uh, when he'd won the two stakes races and he was battling, um, oh, sound, what's his name? Uh, music. Music of my soul. There music was, of my soul. There was finally got a. Finally got a Bentley. In the, yeah. In the Godstein, he, uh, at the, at the three eighths pole, he threw his shoe and Javier noticed he was a little off and just pulled him up mm. because he was afraid maybe something was wrong. And all he'd done was, th uh, thrown a shoe and, uh, and that threw him off for a little bit. And then in his, uh, second year, uh, Javier was working out this uh, sometime. He, he was working at uh, Pegasus and riding, uh, carving, I think the name of the horse mm -hmm. was. Yeah. And he was sitting at the airport ready to go to the Kentucky Derby. He was the 21st horse in, waiting to fly there if somebody scratched. Nobody scratched. And then he came back to Emerald Downs to run in a stakes race and Javier was committed to being on him for several reasons. And then we had to put somebody else on, uh, on, uh, Mike man. And he just wouldn't have it. <laughs> he, 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 he would not run for anyone. The rest I mean, he lost terribly like four races in a row. Plus he was gelded in the middle there because he wouldn't, we didn't know what the problem was. He had a miserable time. And then uh, I found an allowance race where carving wasn't running and Javier could get on uh, uh, Mike Man again. And he won uh, a race and there, were, there was a contention in it, but we got the victory in it. And he, and he ran so much better than he'd run before. Hmm. And then carving got hurt. And so Javier was available to ride Mike Man in the Seattle Slough. And we ran him back, I think, eight days later in the Slough, and he had the wonderful race. He did. You know, I just watched that race the other day, and uh, 
Javier hustled him to the, to the front from an inside post from, right. from Music of My Soul, uh, Let's Get the Lead, and then he ran head and head, did Mike Mann's Gold, and Javier just an aggressive finish on him as well, and, and Javier celebrated a little bit. I think he knew he gave him a good ride, and he knew the horse had a tremendous yeah. performance off off some maybe subpar performances that you outlined there. Yeah, and it was so much fun because the owners of Seattle Slew were at the race mm. that day, and and uh, Seattle Slew kind of ran in that manner, and they were pulling for him because he was the only one that had uh, Seattle Slew uh, heritage blood in him, in him, and so they were pulling for him. Yeah, and and he was running. I bet at twenty to one again. Yeah, about to say <laughs> he won at a big price that day. I was. Just kind of looking at the yeah. uh, the history and looking up some of those races that you were mentioning, and he went off at like eighteen to one that day on the front end. Yeah, it, right. In a shorter field, uh, yeah, people had kind of neglected him. They didn't know the Javier well, Matias key to Mike no. Mann's gold. Wow, that's uh, yeah, some great history. So many years uh, he won here, ages two through eleven. He won here ten straight years. That of course is a track record. And uh, just know. all those wins, of course, David Martinez got him going and a homebred, just uh, a lot of nice. That was his, that was his first uh, stakes horse. Okay, yeah. And sister, uh, No Flies on Doodle, was uh, Van Belvoir's first uh, stakes horse. Very good. Yeah, she came along right after that. Oh, no, she was before, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Before, yeah. 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 No Flies on Doodle, state champion. Uh, three-year-old Philly was tremendous, won the Oaks. And uh, Keith, lots of good breeders' checks in December from Mike Mann's Gold, uh, some breeder awards over the years. Uh, he just yes. kept paying dividends. Yeah, he and uh, uh, No Flies did well, and uh, Young Life Laura's doing it for me this year. Yeah, so three wins <laughs> at the meet. Well, the the news on Mike Mann's gold. Uh, let's uh, hear it. Uh, I've heard about it just a couple days ago, but it's a it's a pretty nice honor that is going to be in his near future. Uh, you want me to say it, or yeah. are you going to say you, it, or have you said it? I haven't. <laughs> I haven't yet. Let's. Speak. Have, well, uh, after his racing career, um, uh, I just bought in a little bit of Mike Mann's gold with. Uh, uh, Toys Bunch, uh, the, uh, what are they called? The Partners? Paddock. Paddock Partners. Paddock Partners there. And uh, and when he retired, they wanted him to go back to the farm. And at the farm, uh, Karen Angelos has been our farm manager from the beginning and loves this horse, cares for this horse. And uh, I kind of gave her the reins of the horse and she applied to uh, old friends in Kentucky, the great uh, retirement home for the great horses. And she got word that uh, he was accepted and they wanted to have him badly. They wanted to have representation from different parts of, of the United States for the best horses uh, in those areas. And uh, then we just heard last week uh, that they wanted him in two weeks. Hmm. And so uh, on, I think it's the 18th of September, he'll be heading out to uh, old friends in Kentucky. That is fantastic. Uh, yeah, a very prestigious place. It's been open, uh, I believe, probably right around 30 years or so. And uh, a Washington bred to live there at old friends, Mike Mann's Gold. Now 12 years of old, uh, has many years remaining, it seems. And uh, that's a great honor, Keith. Uh, everybody's got to be happy about that. And we're going to have a, a little ceremony here at Emerald Downs, uh, just kind of recapping his career and his future on uh, September 10th before the races start. And we'll have that as a Where Are They Now video for our final week. It's a good one. Uh, our all-time leading winning horse going to old friends in Kentucky. That's in Lexington, I believe. Okay. Uh, I, 
I think it's in uh, Louisville, outside of Louisville, oh, okay. maybe Georgetown. I know, I know they have all those tours there for the people going to the Kentucky Derby. So it's not far. No, that's uh, it's in that area. We'll figure we'll figure that out and and get that. But uh, <laughs> old friends, a very prestigious place. Uh, I know Makers uh, Makers Mark spent a little bit of time there as well. A previous Washington bred who, uh, of course, did very well here in the late 90s, early 2000s. But this is going to be great. Yeah, they probably uh, like to get representation from all around, so people from all around the country that follow racing in their own area, you know, might make a visit and uh, see a a friend that uh, entertained them for many years, as Mike Mansgold did. That's great news, Keith. Uh, And you're still fully involved. Uh, You're place in Auburn, and you had a win at Del Mar recently. Tell us about that. Well, um, that's a fun story because uh, the horse, uh, I I had a stud that stayed at our farm uh, who uh, is is an APND uh, offspring, and there are not too many of them around here. No. Uh, anyway, he was an obnoxious uh, stud, and uh, but we got him to breed a few times. And uh, this one horse, my son, went to King's High School, and seven of his buddies um, have met together, Zoom phone calls, gatherings, uh, you know, all kinds of birthday parties for 40 years. And they all uh, are a part of this horse. And they named it All the King's Men. Okay. And and uh, so it didn't do much as a two-year-old. As a three-year-old, uh, we kind of thought it should go a mile. And it showed a little promise here. And I thought maybe if I sent it down to Del Mar, it could run in those deep uh, that deep track. And maybe I'd bring it back and it would have some good conditioning. And in fact, that's the strategy I used uh, for Mike Mann's gold. Brought him back for the Muckleshoot uh, Cup uh, at the end of his four-year, uh, yeah, four-year-old year, and uh, he won that nice. Uh, it was a mile and a sixteenth. Anyway, we got him down there, and I went down for his opening day. He was like fifteen to one, and came in second, didn't get out of the gate at all. And then three weeks later, this is a maiden race, uh, mile, he did win and had a a fantastic battle uh, for about 400 yards uh, with another horse. They were nose to nose and he edged it out. Now he'll go against non-winners of two, of course. And I see he's like 12 to one pick tomorrow and picked eighth out of 11 and we'll see what he does <laughs> well yeah a win last he, time out band down there a maiden victory and he's in tomorrow his name is all the king's men by lord lockenvar who spent a little time You're right so keith's on the pacific classic day card tomorrow yeah yeah exactly. that'll be fun huh yeah, yeah. very so good nice. well uh keith uh as we didn't introduce you this time, but a, a very prominent college basketball player at the University of Pacific and uh, several years in the pros as well in the ABA and uh, overseas. Uh, but uh, been a, a big part of Emerald Downs history, uh, set the record for wins, Vince, back. Uh, well, yeah, and you know who uh, Keith, I believe, is in the University of Pacific Hall of Fame. You know who else is? None other than Pete Carroll, the yeah. Huskies, uh, Seahawks coach. Uh, he might. Yeah. Well, he was there. Was I, he there when you were there? Yeah. I left just as he was okay. coming in. Okay. And I give him a bad time because <laughs> um, they didn't win too many games at University of Pacific. <laughs> he was. They a, turned out a lot of good football coaches, though. I think he was a defensive back back when he played. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And he coached there. Oh, did he? Okay. Well. Good to have you on, Keith. Great news for Mike Mann's gold retirement at Old Friends, and that is in Georgetown, Kentucky, kind of in the Lexington area. 
So that'll be great. He's going to be at Emerald Downs and then uh, leaving and arriving at Old Friends uh, right after our closing day. So uh, congratulations to you and uh, Karen Angelos, who's taken care of him for so many years, David Martinez, Joe Toy. I know uh, there's been a few other trainers. Jeff Metz had him for maybe a race or two. But uh, whoever had him did well. He won here 10 straight years, which is amazing, and uh, 26 wins total. He just, so. he just, he's known, for, he had the great heart. Everybody loved him yeah. because he had a great heart. And he did injure a ankle, not a, in a, you know, in a way that you can't run, but in a way that you're not a stakes winner anymore. Yep. And so that's when I dropped him into the claiming ranks, and he, his last race for me, he won by about an inch <laughs> just because of his heart. And I put him in that race and uh, Metz was the first one to claim him. And after he claimed him, I said, just don't overwork him. He will, he will keep winning because he has the biggest heart, but just take care of him. I said, he's fit. And three weeks later, I said, give him three weeks he'll, and he'll win. And he moved him up in the claiming ranks. And I think he won by nine the next time. And, of course, he got claimed every race after that for the rest of the year. Yeah, started around 10,000. I think it, he was getting claimed for 20,000 shortly after that. But uh, right. the great history. But, yeah, great heart. And uh, that's yeah. what we remember him for, yeah. Yeah, to accomplish that many wins, uh, you've got to have more than just a little speed. Thanks so much, Keith. We'll see you at the track very soon. Thanks for the update. Okay. Thanks, Keith. Bye-bye. Keith Swaggerty joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, the breeder and, of course, original owner of Mike Mann's Gold and uh, a new home for him. You know, you said something there, Joe, that's so true. You said everybody did well well with him. I don't think anyone who had him ever had to pay a check. Yeah. He did great for everybody. You did, uh, and, you know, a couple of those forays out of state didn't work great, but... He ran second at Delmar one time. He did, didn't he? Yeah. As a younger three- or four-year-old. And, oh. and old friends, just so uh, I looked it up while we were talking, in Georgetown, but Georgetown is just outside of Lexington, just a little bit north, so yeah. you were right in your first assess- assessment. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it, yeah, it was close by. There's there. the two I famous mean, retirement places, you know, in Kentucky, Kentucky Horse Park. Yeah. And uh, it's quite an honor, as you said, for a horse to yeah. go there. And he deserves it. Good all, stuff. All thoroughbreds deserve a good ending, but especially Mike Mann's gold. And our we've got another Where Are They Now story. Mike Mann's gold will be our last one. Let's see. This one is uh, Island Girl coming up. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, a horse that Chris Stensley actually bred and trained, and she's doing really well in her home over in central Washington. All right, we'll take a time out. We'll come back with uh, Kelly Dugan of Sorelli Pizza and a little horse racing fame as well. We'll be right back on Horse Racing Northwest. It doesn't matter if you love craps, blackjack, machines, or dining on the finest Asian, American, and Salish cuisines. It doesn't matter what you do or where you're coming from. What you do is all at Muckleshoot. An easy drive from wherever you are. All roads lead to Muckleshoot. Muckleshoot. A little less talk battles on from the inside, and these two girls will fight it out in the final furlong. Killarney Lass on the outside. A little less talk. Patty Secret continues to gain, but moving through at the inside, a little less talk wins the distaff. A little less talk. One of the top female runners at Emerald Downs in recent years, and if not track history, state champion at ages three and four. That was a heck of a win by her in the Emerald Distaff on that Long Acres Mile Thursday night of September 10th, 2020. A little less talk, won the Distaff and part owner of her throughout her career. And I think he's still got an interest in there. Kelly Dugan joins us on Horse Racing Northwest. Kelly, good afternoon. 
Hey, how are you guys doing? My pleasure to be with you today. Thanks, Kelly. You're still uh, got a little interest in that great mare? The only interest I have is following her through Rodina. Okay. Um, Rodina owns her, takes care of her back in West Point, Kentucky, which is fairly close to Louisville, has her out on her farm there. She's in full to Gormley. Mm-hmm. And she's doing great. I uh, did a check-in call yesterday and got some pictures, and she looks fabulous, and she's super happy and and uh, well cared for by Rodina and loved and all that. So, a little less talk by Demon Warlock. Uh, did yeah, she broke her maiden as a two-year-old just a couple of years before Bill Downs arrived. But Vince certainly wrote uh, typed her name into his computer a lot. She was something, Bill or Vince and Bill. Yes, Bill, and she was something. I remember her real coming out party was in a stakes where I think Lorenzo Lopez might have been on her when and, she ran fifth. Yes. No, when oh. she won, and I'm, I can't remember, Kelly might remember the name of the Blaine Wright horse, who I think was three to five, and they went head and head down the stretch. And a little Mucho less Amor. Yeah, it was Mucho Amor. Mucho that's Amor. Yeah, that was quite a win, and, and it was no fluke, as she quickly proved. Yeah, and then she ran in a, the one-mile stake, which I can't remember the name of that one right now, for three-year-old fillies, and she had like the 10 or 11 hole, and she was five wide on both turns and never gave in an ounce. But, you know, she didn't win that day, but she everybody was that watched that race said, wow, a little less talk. Uh, she really belongs in this division. Yeah, and then interestingly, I remember they in, in on uh... – on the Longacres Mile Day, I think they went in the, um, instead of going in the Oaks, they might have gone in the Derby. That's right. And ran a real good second there against the boys. And it was interesting how you guys decided to run against the boys there. And you put a lot of thought into it. And it was it was a good plan. And, and horse ran great that day, too. She always showed up. What a great yeah, career, we, Kelly. Yeah, we just kind of measured the competition. And the, the mirrors were really tough that period of time with mucho more and Killarney last to name a few of them. And there's some, there were some other nice ones too. So we thought, uh, um, uh, the girls times have been a little faster, I think leading up to that race. So we thought let's give the Derby a shot against the boys. And, um, my grandpa okay. was the winner of that race. And I think that was a career best for him. Yeah. You pushed him and uh, then came back and won the Washington Cup uh, a couple years in a row for that. Two state championships. She just, uh, sprinting or routing, she just had the heart and the tactical speed. She was just uh, uh, pretty perfect in a lot of races with her style. Uh, had the heart just like Mike Mann's gold and a uh, great career. So let's hope she makes some good babies because she was a special horse, uh, a special Washington bred. And yeah, for sure. Kelly owns and operates Sorelli Pizza in Mount Lake Terrace, a pretty good spot there. Just, uh, what is it, about five minutes off I-5, just a little bit east of I-5 on uh, 44th? Yeah, exactly. Um, just a little bit north of the Seattle border and heading north and close by the freeway on a main drag, 44th going through Lake Forest Park, Mount Lake Terrace, Linwood, all the way up to 164th and um it's a great place it's um i've owned it since uh 2009 and i love coming to work every day and have a a real nice uh, environment and a great staff and we put out a, a great product too you bet you do your pizza's outstanding and how about that, guys? He's he loves to go to work every day. That that's a nice thing to say. Yeah, you and know, when you're dealing with the public all day long, and I will vouch for the pizza. Yeah. We've been up there a couple times, and also uh, Kelly has quite generously brought some down to the track many times. And if we can beat Gary Doherty to the punch, <laughs> we might have a shot at getting a slice or two. Yeah, Sorelli Pizza in the house on Sunday, Italian Day. That is. Uh, a kind of a tradition as well. So the Italian Day Pizza Eating Contest competitors will be uh, consuming Sorelli pizza. And uh, so they'll be enjoying that as well as stuff in their faces at a, at a rate a little higher than, than normal uh, eating. But uh, thanks for, for being part of that again, Kelly. Yeah, always happy to do it. It's fun. It's 
it's uh, an interesting watch. Yeah. Um, a lot of interest in it down at the track and big crowd surrounding all those competitors. And Gary gets them all dressed up in their, their uh, cloths with their numbers, like they're, uh, um, like they're leading the horse out onto the track. And uh, so that's always kind of comical as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little, there's going to be a little extra pomp and circumstance leading up to the pizza eating contest on Sunday. Um, I'll tell you what, did you see the belt that they're giving away? I know. I heard about it. I just I saw it down there. Okay. Uh, wait till you see it, Kelly. They really did it. I don't know who ordered it, but it's a real cool heavyweight belt for the champion of the Sorelli's pizza eating contest. So little extra involved there. Hey, it's Italian day. And Sorelli is an Italian name. Uh, Sorelli Pizza started before that horse, Sorelli, who was a mare that won our Bank of America Championship Challenge. She was uh, really outstanding. She beat all comers uh, several times there about, what, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it was 16, 17. 2016, got the money in the Bank of America Championship Challenge. One, I think, well, now we've had three fillies win it. She was the second one. Yeah, what an outstanding uh, quarter horse that one was for you guys. And you guys still dabble in the quarters, don't you, Kelly? Um, yeah, we do. Um, we no longer have the mare um, that um, Sorelli was out of. And we also have uh, sold Sorelli as well. So she's breeding for somebody else. But... Uh, Sorelli lights, um, or yeah, Sorelli lights. She was the, she's the, he's the last colt, um, that we had an interest in. And he ran in the, uh, two year old race last weekend or what, two weekends ago. And, um, I think he's running down at uh, Grant's pass or sounds about right in this coming weekend. Very good. Kelly Dugan still fully involved. In fact, a little less talks. I think it's her, her brother, how do you like me now? Uh, winner at Emerald yeah. Downs this uh-huh. year. That's that's her brother, isn't it? Yep, sure is. Half. Yeah, and uh, he had a nice win here, I think, in his most recent start. What's going on with him? Um, once he won his second race here up at Emerald, we you know, kind of evaluated the condition book and decided to send him uh, back down to Golden Gate, which is where he started out. And... Um, condition buck a little more favorable for non-winners of three there. So uh, I think we've got him slated for a race on the 11th of September. So coming up pretty soon, um, probably a route, another route going a mile. It seems to be a good distance for him and um, look forward to seeing what he can do. When we had him down there before we were putting him out on the front end and, and, you know, his golden gate can be not always favorable to that front end speed, but, once we got him up to Emerald, we've got a better sense of what his uh, style is. And Boz did a great job with him as kind of flushing that out for us. And so now we're more of a, a sit back and make one late move. And he's shown us a couple really nice big late moves at Emerald. So let's hope it translates to the synthetic at Golden Gate. And improving three-year-old. Hey, that's a good place to be. So. Okay, some customers at Sorelli Pizza. Nothing wrong with that and having a good time. Kelly, hey, again, thanks so much for uh, your help in making the Italian Day Pizza Eating Contest uh, a nice event here at the track. And uh, keep up that interest in racing. Of course, we see Kelly on the apron uh, so many times, uh, just about every week at least. And uh, good luck with the horses, too. Always need a little bit of luck in there. Yeah, thanks very much. I look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. Okay. Thanks, thanks Kelly. Thanks much, Kelly. You bet. All right. Bye-bye. See you, Kelly. Kelly Dugan of Sorelli Pizza. Uh, got a, got his law degree at Gonzaga. And was and a coach foot- of Mount Lake Terrace High School for several years. football He's- coach at Mount Lake Terrace. He's done a lot and gets around. I remember at the Breeders' Cup a few years ago, all of a sudden I tap on the show, there's Kelly Dugan. So he's uh, he's got a lot of life in him. You know, Joe, he just likes to have a good time, and he's done a he- heck of a job with uh, Sorelli's up there. That yeah. place is always jumping when I've been there. Good sports place and got a lot of racing pictures. He said something funny when we visited one of those times. He said, uh, you know, I was a public defender for a while, and I and I did my best for, for my clients and you know worked hard he goes but you know something 
uh, just about everybody I had, I got to say, they were at least a little bit guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, he's trying to defend somebody because they were all at least a little bit guilty. Well, you know, I've heard that public defender say that kind of got to him after a while. Not Kelly, but just, yeah, you know, always having to be up against it and all that. And maybe there is some guilt there. So, but it's a job someone's got to do. And to me, it's a very important job. To have public defenders in society, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they were arrested for a reason, uh, you know, and hopefully Mm -hmm. the the criminal justice system is going on the straight and narrow, but uh, that was a little amusing, (laughs) being that far removed from it. Okay, time for some sports shorts. Uh, I'll lead it off. Um, An NFL season is upcoming, and uh, you get those over-under totals, which uh, they're good action. Uh, You've got to root all the way until usually real darn close to the end of the season. No, you don't. Well, that's right. Vince had the Seahawks <laughs> over last year. That was done uh, about game eight or something. So uh, good work there. I'm going to take New Orleans under nine and a half. I know they're in a crappy division with Tampa, uh, Carolina, and Atlanta. But nine and a half, they got to win 10 games to lose that bet. New Orleans was seven and ten last year, nine and eight the year before without Drew Brees. Um, they got David Carr at quarterback. They, you know, Jameis Winston's a decent backup, but uh, Kamara's got what a six-game suspension, and Michael Thomas is is hurt. Uh, he's not scheduled to play. They got a good young receiver in that Chris Olave, but let's quit talking about the well, good. You, Nine you, and a half is too many wins for New Orleans. You mentioned the other day when we talked about a little part of that is because the division are and they get to play some kind of mediocre teams twice, yeah. right? And that's I'm sure that factors in a little bit. I don't like it. Okay. Under. Vince, you got a sports chart? Bill's uh, getting his paper. I know what Bill's going to talk about. I got a couple that are racing related this week. Right. Um, Oh, yeah. Last Friday night, we had an interesting thing here at Omel Downs. Race five, a horse called She Makes Sense won off the claim. And I I know those silks. They were the green and white silks of Harris Farms, the iconic silks in California. You know, that's the... John Harris and his yeah. father, Jack, they've got the 1,800-acre spread up in Kalinga, just about the biggest uh, cattle farm in the state. And they've also raced many superb horses over the years. Soviet problem, worked the crowd, the list goes on. And se- several stallions have stood there. General meeting and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, Excellent meeting. I saw Debbie Perry on the backstretch there and said, hey, you know, that Harris Farms, that's her first win ever at Emerald Downs. And she goes, yeah, you know, you're about the 10th person who's asked me about that. And it is the Harris Farms. And uh, John Harris looks to maybe get a little more involved here. Over really? The next few years. That's what she mentioned. Yeah. So uh, got a couple more for them, I think. So I said, hey, yeah, we'll roll out the red carpet. So it's great to see that. Uh, those silks in action. You see them in California all the time at Golden Gate and at Del Mar and Santa Anita, but that was their first win here. First win, you know, if they'd had starters here before? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, it was first win, first starter, as near as I could tell. And then my other one, um, we got a jockey coming back uh, this weekend, our leading apprentice of 2021, uh, McKenna Anderson. She won 12 races here, had a great uh, little stand at the end of the season, and she's done good uh, this this summer at Horseshoe Indianapolis. She's got 16 wins there and has brought in a lot of long shots, and she's originally from Vashon Island, so I guess this will be kind of a little working vacation for her. Um, uh, some of the trainers who got her started looking back were Steve Bullock, Charles Essex, Scott Freeman. You know, she came here with virtually no experience and worked from the ground up back in the stable area and it was a good story and she's gone on the road and done well and uh, she's back this weekend i saw that name and i went to the computer and she won four of six mounts in one stretch there late in the 21 season yeah you know uh, it's a cliche but the horses do they did do respond to her i noticed that here where she had a real nice touch with them and got some real nice uh, stylish wins here for an apprentice a couple years back so uh, good to see her back this weekend and she's doing the like the rocco bowen thing she's gonna be racing at an in indianapolis uh in the middle of next week okay yeah and uh, she is from vashon island here and uh so it'll be fun to see i don't know if she's got several mounts excuse me i'm not sure how many are real live or whatever but don't be too surprised if you see her do something good out on the racetrack okay bill downs 
My Seattle Mariners are 76 and 57. They are in the midst of that uh, uh, 19 game stretch we talked about where the competition would be a little bit easier than uh, what some of the other teams have been facing. And in that stretch, they are that 19 game stretch, they are 13 and three. Hmm. They've got three games against the Mets this weekend. They're facing a pretty good pitcher uh, on Friday. Uh, and I just uh, took a look, and Julio Rodriguez is back in the starting lineup tonight. Julio leads the American League in hits. I found that to be just, wow. I know he's been hotter than a firecracker uh, the last few weeks, but I just didn't think that the after yeah. that start that he'd be, he'd be able to get up uh, that high, and he's leading the American League in hits. His August numbers are just like oh. Little League numbers, and also Teoscar Hernandez yeah, had yeah, ops yeah. over 1,000 yeah. in uh, so, August. Yeah, those two guys have been uh, been lights out for the Mariners. Expanded rosters uh, will help uh, the Mariners, uh, able to uh, uh, get a couple extra uh, of uh, arms in the bullpen will will uh, will help because uh, they'll be they'll be nursing uh, Wu and they'll be nursing uh, Bryce Miller along and you know they've got their their big three if you will Gilbert Castillo and Kirby and uh, they'll be going this weekend uh, at the Mets but then it gets a little tougher in the rest of September you got Tampa Bay for four at Tampa you got the Dodgers coming to. Uh, T-Mobile, and then, of course, you end the season with uh, Texas, Houston, and Texas in a row. So seven games against yeah. Texas. Of the, that might the, be important. The last 10 games, yes. And uh, we'll we'll see what uh, what happens. But only nine series left in the uh, regular season. The Mariners at least uh, will be in the thick of it. Uh, that's what I was hoping for. And uh, by Labor Day, I said they got to be in the thick of it, not just like hanging on the peripheral. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see how they perform this weekend at the Big Apple. They're uh, a slight, slight favor against the Mets tonight, and then I think on Saturday and Sunday they should be Big uh, favorites. Yeah, bigger favorites. I wouldn't say huge, huge. Like Castillo pitching tomorrow, they'll be a solid favorite. They will be, but you're yeah. on the road. So, Not prohibitive, you know, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, your your Seattle Mariners update. Very, very good. Remember, it was only about five or six weeks ago they were at 500. Well, well I, I, and you said right across the table, ah, our 500. Yeah. And Bill was Bill goes, off. well, you're, maybe Bill Parcells was right. I wasn't a believer, but now I'm happy to happy to be proven wrong. Yes. They In are, Texas, did they finally break their losing streak? I know they lost. Yeah, they've yeah. lost, I think, eight out of 10 or okay. something. In fact, uh, they just played the Mets before uh, Seattle goes in there, and the Mets gave them an extra inning defeat. So um, this will be... I don't know if the if the Mariners can push the Seahawks off the front page in September, but it might be close. Yeah. Speaking of football, uh, we Vince and I have been in the same fantasy league for quite a while that goes back to the late 70s. Fantasy football, 1970s. A bunch of Seattle sports writers and broadcasters started that thing. Called it the, um, well, it had a different name back then, of course. Now it's called the Big Guy League, which is a tribute to Chuck Nimai, who was a longtime member. What do you think of our team? We got Austin Eckler and Tyreek Hill, our top two picks. I keep looking to this team next to us. Our league is kind of a running back heavy league because a running touchdown is six points while a passing touchdown is split three and three by the quarterback and receiver. They got Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard. And I think if those guys stay healthy, then Knight Rosendahl, it's going to be darn tough because those guys, uh, Tony Pollard gets gets the carries this year. He's not splitting it with Ezekiel Elliott. But we got Joe Burrow. We need Miles Sanders to perform for Carolina. And uh, got a few different good guys down the road. So yeah, I never know on these things. It's hard to you say. Know, it's, sometimes it'll, something looks good on paper and it doesn't turn it. You know, I, it's... We've done okay the last couple of years, right? Yeah, we got beat in the first round of the playoffs last year. But uh, that that team with Chubb and Pollard, Bill Knight, and he was a founding member of the big of the sports uh, center Se- Seattle yeah. PI for many many years. Stormy, as his buddy calls him, um, Glenn Rosendahl, his partner, was with the PI. You bet. Not back in the real glory yeah. days of the uh, of the newspaper business here in Seattle. 
Okay, uh, we talked a little bit about the Pacific Classic Jockey Club Gold Cup in our first section. Bill, uh, what about Emerald Downs this weekend, our Saturday at 5, Sunday at 2 schedule? Yeah, I decided to go with a couple on Sunday. Uh, second race at Emerald, $5,000 claimer going five and a half furlongs. I got some question marks about the outside uh, two favorites, Quiet Charm, and what was I thinking? I like the two Denard who came back uh, on August the 18th and was a very sharp winner. Uh, JT's ATM uh, ran, I thought, very strongly for second. Now is rising up in class. You'll get a price because, like I said, what was I thinking in Quiet Charm? Both should take uh, some money. And Denard is a horse that I think uh, is interesting on Sunday in the second race. And then in uh, race number eight, which will be our uh, featured race, the allowance optional claiming race. Uh, I know Joe's uh, very anxious to be playing Prayer of Jabez, I'm sure, back in this race. Going our distance, yeah, though. Yeah, he's going a mile. It'll be interesting. And there's a lot of speed in the race. Rocco's on the Miss the Boat coming out of a sprints. Uh, El Alto Ombre smiling goodbye. Langston Road. So I'm trying to find a closer, and there is a closer in here, the 7 Jin Tong. Now, Jin Tong has been a bad, bad actor at the start. In his last couple of races, he's had the outside post, and he's ducked out in both of those races, one time in, in, a, in a route, one time in a sprint. Now, he drew uh, post 7 of 8, so at least he will not be looking outward at the start. There'll be a competitor there, and I'm hoping that Jin Tong can... Uh, uh, mine is manners at the start. He's going to get a great uh, race shape, I think, in here with all the speed. So Jin Tong in the eighth race is another uh, pick for yours truly. Okay, that's an interesting pick. I um, I see. wanted to interject something here okay. on on Sunday the race four. I think that's just doing the lineup. It's probably the best maiden two year old race we've had at the meet, in my opinion. There's some really if you do the pedigree analysis on that race, there's some real. Uh, promising bloodlines in that race. Of course, Nightline comes right back after being the favorite in the walk-up last week. Um, but there are some uh, really interesting first-time starters in there for those of you who like to go through the pedigree stuff. Yeah, there are. Uh, Nightline's the seven, the six, tougher than the rest by Take Charge Indy out of uh, Cat 10. Look up the dam on that one. And uh, yeah, she's produced a, a really good winner. Two for two, her previous two horses. And um you got Louis the First by Dad's Cap. That that stud has had some yeah. pretty effective runners up here. Frank Lucarelli has a first time starter that's interesting. Jeff Metz has a first time starter that's really interesting, and uh, the list goes on. And then uh, on the Blaine Wright has two in there, a first time starter that we mentioned. And then outside, I think it's Executive. Mr. Executive. Mr. Executive coming, coming back out of a couple stakes. Yeah, so it's a if top to bottom a great. Very interesting race. Yeah, we've got uh, two two-year-old races in a row there on Sunday. I did. I went to a closer in that eighth race too, Bill. I went to You're the Cause. Yeah, I think I'm gonna pick him second. Okay, I was you talking know, to Vince about the race, and uh, uh, hey, you know, if you're that, gonna like Jin Tung, you might as well. You know, he's the other closer, so uh, both use both of those uh, horses in uh, in any all exotic wagers. Yeah, um, as Prayer of Jabez uh, has only got one career route race, and you love Prayer of Jabez, though. Well, I, yeah. he's run, he's run two really good races. I know he look, ran great. Look at who's beaten him, and there's yeah. done nothing wrong. He just yeah. got outrun both times. Yeah. He ran a mile at Santa Anita uh, early this year off a couple of Turf Paradise races, and he just broke terribly from the seven post, was never in it. So I'm surprised to... you're not sticking with Prairie Jabez. Well, he's got, uh, you know, Langston Road. He, he goes to the front in his routes, and he's set good fractions one of those races. And El Alto Ombre, uh, mm -hmm. that's about the only way he's going to run, going two turns. So I think the pace is going to be solid. Missed the boat. We're both going against him. He's probably yeah, your morning line favorite. He, he is strong favorite, yeah. and he's just you know he's solid. In his last nineteen starts that haven't been stakes, eight wins, four seconds, and four thirds. So sixteen yeah. out of nineteen in the he top. He is three. what you call a hard hitting horse. He is. Yeah, first time twenty twenty three going around a ground. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but you're the cause. Uh, you know, he's running all the older horse stakes at the meeting. Hasn't been a factor in those. They've all been big fields, little smaller field. Should be a good pace. He's certainly a two-turn horse, and the only uh, non-stake he uh, ran in recently, he ran a real fast closing third behind 
Arma de Oro and Prayer Jabez. So I'm on him. One two-year-old race on Saturday. I did go with the second-time starter, Rallify, Rallyfied, who's six-to-one morning line. Um, he broke very, very slowly in his career debut from the two-post, got way back. He made a pretty good run up the inside, ran into a little traffic, got beat a whole bunch of lengths because he was so far back. But, you know, the winner won by... Uh, uh, well, the first two were way out in front of everybody else. So I, I'm going to go for some second out improvement on Rallyfied for Debbie Van Horn. Hey, I'm on Debbie Van Horn this weekend. Aren't he I? does good. Joe does good. Yeah. Okay, there's some selections. And, uh, okay, we'll end it with some trivia. Russ Nakagawa won last week. He's won before. Uh, which trainer has the most Washington Cup victories? Going into last week, it was Jim Penny and Frank Lucarelli with nine apiece. Howard Belvoir won with Rimrock Lake to join them at nine. And Russ said, I'm going to go with my trainer, Frank Lucarelli. So he gets an Emerald Downs ball cap. Nice work, Russ. Thanks for playing again. So the new trivia is uh, which horse has the best unbeaten mark at one Emerald Downs meeting? We're in our 28th season. One horse stands out uh, the best unbeaten mark at one meeting. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. I don't think Vince was here when that was going on. There's a hint. But then you don't know when Vince started. Maybe those listeners. I, I know the winner. Okay, Vince knows the winner. And you can find out and send your answers. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Keith Swaggerty and Kelly Dugan, racing Saturday and Sunday, 5 p.m. Saturday, and Italian Day racing starts at 2 p.m. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>